Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to Only Stupid Answers, the best dang podcast you could put your little ears into. Don't feel bad about your little ears. God gave you your ears that way, and you should be proud of them. And we're proud of you. Thank you for listening and supporting the show. But DJ, if you have big ears, you should feel bad. Get the fuck off I... this goddamn podcast. Oh, we swear we swear on this one. Mm-hmm. It is not safe. This is NC-17, my dudes. So get ready. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I, I, I overshot. It's going to be frontal <laughs> nudity on this podcast. Triple, <laughs> we're going to go full triple X I, on this. I overshot a gang. Yeah. Uh, my name is Sam. I've already <laughs> talked too much. DJ? Yeah. Uh, I'm DJ. If you listen to this podcast, you know about me. But we have a special guest today, our pal Lon. Hello, Mr. Lon Harris. How you doing? I'm great. What a delight to be here. Thank you for joining us. For the kids that are not not aware of you. How dare they? I know. First up. Who are you? Where can they find you? What are you up to? Uh, Well, I'm uh, I'm on Screen Junkies. I'm one of the quote-unquote Screen Junkies. The official Uh, Screen Junkies. So, yeah, you know, I help out with... I I write a show over there called Cram It, which is where we jam the entire history of a franchise into your head before the new one comes out. I'm working on X-Men right now. Ooh, that's a lot. That entire series. Wait, how many movies is... Oh, it's it's a lot, but I'm only watching the ones that have X-Men in the titles. I get out of, like, The Wolverine. I don't have to go back and watch it. I, I like The Wolverine. I actually like the Wolverine more than Logan. Hot take. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's spicy. <laughs> um, so wait, but do are I like there... the first half where he loses his powers and yeah. he's in Japan, and that guy, by the time he's fighting a big robot, the robot samurai. samurai. But that's not even the last half. That's just like the last ten minutes. It feels like the last. It does. It does. It feels, it like yeah. last I like the fight on the train a lot. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. yes, I agree. The but fun. Same director many... as Logan. Not many people remember. Yeah, that. Uh, well, it was supposed to be Darren Aronofsky. That would have been a very different movie. Um, how many? How many? I don't know. I'm getting off on this tangent, but I'm genuinely Do curious. It. Do you know how many X Men movies? are there? As many as the MCU movies? No. Okay. There's like what nine or something That's at this point. The, there's, with... there's six in the main. You know, so it goes X Men, X Two, The Last Stand, yeah. and then First Class, Days of Future. Past apocalypse. Uh, apocalypse and now Dark Phoenix. Yeah, and then if you include the and then Wolverines. if you include Origins, the Wolverine, Logan, Deadpool, Deadpool Two. Oh, yeah. yeah, weirdly, no. they're yeah. technically yeah. Uh, there have been cameos that have established continuity. Here. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's all of them. I just yeah. listed them. We should have counted. There you go. <laughs> we should. No, that's for that's really, for the fun part for the listener. They really uh, bungled it on uh, Dark Phoenix just because Logan would have been a good. Bye bye. I'll I'll tell you what they bungled with Dark Phoenix. Did you? Uh, not enough people are calling attention to this. Dark Phoenix was written by a man named Simon Kinberg, yeah. who's directing the new Dark Phoenix. So it's like they're giving the same guy the same story twice. The guy that did Last Stand. Yeah, the also, guy who wrote yeah, Last Stand yeah. is now directing the new take on Dark Phoenix. He it's can like get what, it right. Yeah. Maybe let one new person in. Like, <laughs> that we we can all kind of agree it wasn't. Perfect. The last time, no. I think last stand we're all pretty much in the same same boat about. If I kind of remember, because he all like he's been like the hand, the guiding hand for like Fox's Marvel stuff a little bit. Yeah, like he's, he's been one of the guys on this sort of core team that's been with Brian Singer from like the very beginning. And yeah. he did definitely do some course correction for Fant Forstick when they were getting near the end. So that's what I it's, know him from when it comes to directing. Listen, I'm not even. It's not even specifically like fuck Simon Kinberg. Like oh, yeah. it might, he might be a very talented guy. Like, I don't know the guy, and yeah. I don't know his specific work. It just seems so weird to like. Out of the whole universe of people who <laughs> yeah. could make your Dark Phoenix movie, to be the, the same exact guy. Yeah. He's the only one. Yeah. So, you want to do Gene Gray, <laughs> you go to Kinberg. <laughs> He's your man. So, I, I'm sorry, I derailed the conversation. So, you're doing cramming on Screen Junkies. Yes. Yeah. Well, I do a bunch of stuff. Right? Yeah. Right? You know, honest trailers and yeah. all movie fights and everything. But Those yeah. honest trailers, you might have heard of it. You That's maybe. A good, it's a good show. It's a fun show. Uh, so, I do that. And I also write a streaming newsletter about. Uh, Streaming TV. Well, so that is a good transition, I think, into in case you guys were inside streaming. Uh, wondering, this is the podcast where we like to talk movies, yes. TV shows, yes. comic books. Yes. So like uh, you're doing uh, the, that streaming it's newsletter. A, yeah, it's an email newsletter yeah. that I send out five days a week, Monday yeah. through Friday, and it's just news updates, reviews, 
thoughts on uh, streaming TV shows. So what we always like to ask our guests what they're into that week. It doesn't necessarily need to be that week. But what are you into? What are you watching that you maybe you haven't had a chance to talk about? Uh, well, one of the shows uh, I've recently been watching is Tuca and Birdie mm-hmm. on Netflix. It's Lisa Hanawalt, who she's like the animation designer for BoJack Horseman. Yeah. But this is like she's now doing her own show, and it's in a... Bojack esque world, yeah, but it's just birds are anthropomorphized, cool. and like occasionally a snake or a rat. Uh, it, I, I, I like it because it, it's sort of reminiscent in some ways of Bojack, like it's also kind of a comedy series for adults, like very sort of sophisticated humor mixed with very cartoony kind of humor, yeah, but it's not as dark as Bojack, which oh, is really cool. nice That's and what refreshing. Turns, that turns me off from Bojack. I try, I try so hard to keep watching it because so many people praise it, but I get so depressed yeah. immediately that I can't. I love it, but it is like you have. I have to mentally prepare to watch it. Like it's That's not. Crazy. I'm going to throw on a few episodes of BoJack. It really is like weighty drama that yeah. you really have to like be ready for. This is like if you took the humor out of it, but just put it in like a surreal, funny cartoon world. Rad, super cool. Yeah, yeah. I do want to check it out. I like the trailers. I like what I saw and the creative team behind. I mean the yeah. the act, the voices that they've got so far. Yeah, Ali awesome. Wong and Tiffany Haddish and Stephen Yoon are like the main three. Nice. And they bring in like other funny, like Aquafina is a guest in like one of the first episodes, and it's great. It's really fun. Stephen Yoon from Walking Dead. Yeah, fame. Well, uh, he's been in a lot of stuff. He was on. I think you should leave. He was in yeah. a special on that. Uh, did, you, did you watch the whole I first did, episode? I watched the whole first episode. Oh, you got to watch uh, the whole show. Uh, it's so good. I, we could just talk about this for the whole. I know. Time. I would love to because Chunky is. I think <laughs> I, it, it, that and the baby pageant are like my. I think the perfect sketches. I'll, I'll tell you the two, and they're both from the fifth episode that I'm obsessed with. Is I'll the, skip to the fifth. The episode. hot dog, hot dog <laughs> car. <laughs> yeah. And then the country song where the guy keeps singing about the bones are their money. Yeah, <laughs> money. The worms are the their bones. money. Oh my the God. bones are their money, too. <laughs> yeah, it's so bizarre and incredible and funny. Nice. It's that, like the best sketch comedy series in a really long time. That's it, awesome. It, each episode has like this perfect gem. And like kind of tan- – like someone kind of connected to a lot of internet people, Mike Diva, directed two no sketches – uh, the um, who's the comedian who did who's on Veep and he did the baby pageant? That's yes, Sam Richardson. Sounds right. Yeah, um, he Sam, did Sam Richardson. I, think I don't so. know. I can't his, confirm his apocalypse sketch. Yes, and the Scrooge sketch. That, of course. Yes. Now, now that you've said it, it it's makes Mike Diva. Perfect sense that Mike Diva did. That. Yeah, see, that's what I when I learned. I was like, oh yeah, duh. Of course. Like, I'm right. like, at first, I'm like, what could you have done? It's like, yeah, the yeah, yeah. heavy VFX episodes. Right. That's amazing. Um, for me, Chernobyl on HBO. I'm gonna be talking about this show forever because of how scared I am by it. It's yeah. absolutely frightening, and it's um exactly it's it weirdly gave me two gifts because they have an after po- after show podcast with the head writer right. and the guy Greg Mazin and uh, the guy who works at NPR who does the show. Ira. I'll check really quick. <laughs> not, 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 uh, I'll check out really I don't, quick. I'm not good at NPR names. Yeah, I, feel like, I feel like I'm safe with an IRA for NPR. <laughs> yeah. an IRA well, IRA guys, this yeah, American yeah. Life. He's yeah. like the one NPR guy that immediately jumps to my So head. you're watching Chernobyl as well. Yes. It, it is. They're so good at, like, you're mentally aware the entire time you're watching that the air is poison. Like, yeah. they're so good at capturing that claustrophobia of like everybody in this room is going to die like yeah. literally the air is thick with chemicals that will make you die yeah. and you're the, I don't know how they're doing it but how, however they're making it the, the score and the cinematography it's so oppressive you feel it constantly Jeez. Peter Sagal who does Wait Wait Don't Tell Me for NPR which is, a, which is a popular podcast that they have uh, him and uh, Craig, Craig Mazin, Mazin. Yeah, yeah, Mazin who Mazin. The, the writer the creator of the show he they break it down and also recommend the podcast because they start talking about Things that they couldn't show on in the in the episode because they just ran out of time. Like how when the firefighters showed up, a lot of them were shirtless because they're like, we were asleep. They ran. They oh, literally ran God. to an open nuclear yeah. reactor and they're trying to put it out with a hose. With a hose. With a hose yeah. And you're like, it's so crazy. And I love the the level of denial bureaucratically and also just scientifically. Like, well, can you explain why that happened? It's like, no. Well, then it didn't happen. It's like, right. well, no, we're, we looked at it. We <laughs> yeah, we're saw looking it. down into it. We're yeah. looking at an open nuclear reactor and the level of, I don't know, I, I can't describe it. The last time I felt this kind of tension was when I watched Hereditary. It's the most frightening yeah. thing because it did happen. This is not being exaggerated. Just all like of, Hereditary. Just like Hereditary. <laughs> yeah, That's all why payment it, is yeah, real. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And... 
I, I and the the performances from like Stellan Skarsgård and Jared Harris are impressive, and the way I think creatively where they chose to at first I felt weird that people had British accents, but everything mm-hmm. else is in Russian. Right. But when you start to kind of like no, they they did they wanted to get past the accents, they wanted to to connect with more Western audiences, and and all the traipsing traipsings around them are Russian. Even yeah. like radio broadcasts are in Russian, which I appreciate. Yes, the 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 second episode actually opens with you're hearing a radio broadcast in Russian, and then you just cut to Emily Watson, and she just goes yeah. in English, and it's like yeah, it sets the scene and the recreate. I like I have it's one of those things where I have no way of knowing if it's a accurate recreation yeah. of the Soviet Union in the eighties, but it's just it feels right. Like, yeah, it, it it you know it doesn't feel like it's a cartoonish overdone. It feels like this is extremely realistic to what it would be like to be in these crumbling buildings you know mm-hmm. i also found out that um that poem in the beginning because i was like because it's in russian there's no subtitles you don't know what it is yeah. or what they're saying it's a poem from like world war one where or, no it was from world war two and it's like when the nazis were trying to get into russia this guy wrote this poem about going to war and how the poem basically says he's walking by funerals on his way to go get his like get ready to go to war against the germans and yeah. he's looking at the land and he's like yeah it's barren it's cold a lot of dead people and i'm gonna be dead too but it's but it's our land. It's regardless of anything that happens to us, it's ours and we will fight for it. And like that idea kind of being reflected in Chernobyl, it's like we will do literally anything to stop this from one, embarrassing us and ending the world because yeah. that's how the it, stakes it, are literally there. It's so crazy because you're like, what, like end the world. Come on, calm down. When you talk about real world scenarios, but when they start explaining this, you're like, Oh my god! Oh my <laughs> yeah. god! It's so it's so unbelievably larger than life that I'm like, how did we stop? How yeah. did we fix this? And we and we got it was by like the skin of our teeth. We were so close to it going tits up. But uh, DJ, <laughs> well, thank God it'll never happen again. Yeah. Hasn't happened. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I, it must make you realize how little you knew. Like I thought I knew what happened. Yeah. I mean, no, I no. had no idea. Yeah. What the stakes happened. of it. Yeah. The, the, the stakes, like the science of it, like nothing. I had no idea what yeah. this situation actually was all about. So it's just fascinating from that level. You mm-hmm. just feel like you know a lot more about this famous. Situation. Yeah, I'm excited to check it out, but I will say, you know, when I end of a hard day, I'm like, cool, I want to chill. Chernobyl or Brooklyn Nine Nine? Hold on a second. What <laughs> yeah. am I gonna? No, it is. I think it's I'm like gonna... devastating. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You need to shower after. Yeah, because <laughs> you can, and it won't burn you. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, I was just talking about before the episode. Like, I don't know what I've been watching that hasn't been required of me. For this, because mm-hmm. uh, uh, obviously all our superhero shows for Super TV, um, and uh, John Wick comes out this weekend. We got to see an early screening of that. Yeah, I saw um, John Wick three as well. It. So it's a, it's a fun yeah. one. Loved it. Um, it's always a blast. Uh, but I think what's consumed a lot of the conversation I've been seeing outside of uh, real world politics um, is Game of Thrones. That's been sure. the, it's the episode. And this is actually real quick. I'll, I'll throw this out there. This is kind of why I like um, weekly in, instead of the binge model, dropping episodes a week because it, it allows for opportunity for people to unpack stuff, dive into stuff, live in an episode uh, before the next one comes out. Yell about stuff, yeah, rant yeah, yeah. about stuff, rant about and stuff, friendships about so, stuff. Exactly, uh, a lot <laughs> All of that good stuff. A lot of passionate uh, opinions, uh, which also I would say means probably the show is doing its job that people care this much uh, about it. But Lon, you weren't on our. Uh, we have um, our Monday discussion uh, show, which, by the way, right after this episode drops on Monday, a new one should be going up for the finale, uh-huh. which, as of this recording, we have not seen yet. No. But we have seen the second to last episode. The penultimate. The penultimate know. episode. Lon, what were your thoughts on the penul- penultimate episode of Game of Thrones? You know, I think I agree with the mainstream belief that this final season especially feels rushed. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like it's too bad that we don't have our full ten episodes because a lot of the things that are happening that people are sort of upset about. I think if you had an episode or two more to sort of set them in place, yeah. that it would play a little bit better. Yeah. Like the, the the one example I keep thinking of is 
So there was all that business at the beginning of this past episode with Varys and Jon Snow and them discussing, what do you think about, you know, Daenerys? And is she going a little crazy? And that's exactly the sort of scene that would have played out on the road in an earlier season. Like, they have to travel from the north back to Dragonstone. And on the way, you know, Varys and Jon Snow get to talking. And that that, that would have sort of played out a little bit organically. Whereas now it's like, okay, we got to have that conversation and then the next conversation. And now they've got to go because we got to get to King's Landing. And I think it just it feels a little bit rushed that way. I did not like the scene with Jamie and Euron. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, I, dude, I rooted for Euron. I was like, overall, you, you garbage disposal of a person has you've lasted so long. You're given some way too much screen time based <laughs> on what we know about you. You should have died off screen. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, all oh, right, finally a showdown between these two characters that, like, I guess have been in a scene together. Yeah, yeah, like, I yeah, just didn't same. feel like I built up Jamie and Euron as like the showdown of all showdowns. Yeah, I overall liked the episode, but that part I was like, I was fine if he got charred on. The boat. Well, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't need him to come or back. Or if he didn't, you know that guy would be like, "Well, I'm getting out of here. Yeah, yeah. Grab one of these boats and head back to the Iron Islands." Like, yeah. there's no way he's gonna like, "I'm gonna swim to shore and defeat the Kingslayer." Like, what? That's totally out of character. Other than that, though, I really like the episode. Nice. I think we're all basically on the same boat. Yeah. Uh, I uh, mean, we besides, all... I thought the Euron part was my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> Other than that. Uh, so, where, yeah, because I also, I, I uh, and I talked about this on our last review, um, I, when the turn happens, which I guess if you haven't been keeping up with Game of Thrones, we're going to get into spoilers for that for a minute. Um, I was going to, I was going to bail. I was like, I can't believe they're doing this. And then as the episode kept going, and I think part, it helped that the rest of the episode, the whole episode was so confident in its storytelling. And I thought about the stuff that has happened for us to get here. I'm like, no, this makes sense. <laughs> no, it, this really does make sense. Yeah, I mean, whether you feel like the storytelling itself was kind of rushed or whatever, the pacing is off, like, they've definitely been laying the groundwork for this turn for a really long time. And yeah. I think that it does make sense. Like, the thing that, that I was thinking about, we've, we've seen in the early seasons when we would see her conquering these various free cities in Essos. Yeah. All the fans were like, mm-hmm. who cares? Yeah. I don't want to keep going back to Marine. Just yeah. the stuff I care about. She's fine in Marine, the second son's whatever. Yeah. Kept back to the stuff I care about. But I think now we see she was building up this ridiculous confidence. Like she was going yeah. into these cities. Immediately these slaves were throwing down their chains and, oh, Misa, you're, you're our hero. And she thought that was going to happen when she went to Westeros. Yeah. And then here's this city that's fighting her, that's cowering from her, that's running. They hate her. Yeah. They're, they may be like Jon Snow, but not her. Everybody she's, meet, she's met in Westeros has been like, get away from us. Yeah. And I think, yeah, like that is the kind of thing like, well, all I have is fear. I've got to make them terrified of me i'm gonna lay waste to the city like i think if you follow the logic that way yeah it does make sense for I her think, character i think the lego like kind of building blocks for the story are all there and i enjoy that because i can i can passively like this show because i only mm-hmm. watched it like very recently so like i i respect it i think they've done amazing things overall with a mm-hmm. lot of these characters and i'm like wow i've never seen that before on tv like i i'm genuinely impressed by what they've done so when it comes to like big character flaws that some people see or like character arcs that seem to be thrown away air quotes i'm like no I don't really I see where you you can see the building blocks of where the writers how they got to this point but I think the criticism of like not having enough time to kind of just like stretch that out let us feel like we could see this coming from a mile off and not predict it you know like not predict it but like kind of feel that like we can kind of see how they're leading us to this point I could see where the complaints can come in at that point but it is weird to have that because I don't necessarily disagree but it's like half of the season has been people just sitting around doing character stuff so it is weird that the general consensus is this feeling of rushness I mean, really I, I not a lot has happened. Like, it's mostly been people talking and, like, getting to know each other and, find, you know, winding things down. It's, it's true. I mean, I think, you know, what we're – I think part of what people are reacting to as well is this – what George R. R. Martin and, and Weiss and Benioff have been doing this whole time, which is they're, they're not making a classic – fantasy story. They're, yeah. they're not following the usual format that you expect where everybody kind of grows and learns. <laughs> like Some characters grow and learn. Like Theon and the Hound obviously went through arcs and yeah. changed who they were from the beginning. But, you know, we're in the real world. Like, 
there are people you know who have not successfully arced, right? Yeah. Like, they're still stuck in the same patterns that they've been doing for 20 years. And so I think that the show is trying to give us a little bit of that, that, like, not everybody is going to have their perfect, yeah. you know, A to B story. Some people are going to get killed before they have a chance to change, or some people are never going to change and just stay evil, or yeah, was, never going to realize the flaw, you know? A lot of people were saying that, Cersei, why would she be crying at the end? I'm like, I don't know, man. There's, like, a literal, like, fighter jet outside that's, <laughs> like, blowing up her home. To die. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't... I, it doesn't, and and I think here's what I here's the thing that I don't like, and obviously like I'm a, I'm a dude, you don't have to listen to me on this stuff, yeah. but <laughs> but I I feel like sometimes when we get these great complex three dimensional female characters like Brienne or like yeah. Cersei, people are like it undermines the strength of the character when they cry or when they have these emotional breakdowns, like oh that's that's misogynist, like you know this strong character reduced to tears, like. Anybody would be reduced yeah. to tears moments before you die when the brother who you also love that you thought abandoned you comes back to you. Like, that doesn't mean that Cersei's weak to yeah. cry it in reminds that moment. Me, it reminds me of being back in grade school of, like, real men don't cry. Yeah, it's it's like, like, whoa, whoa, hold on. Like, time I cry all the time. <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't contradict her being a badass last season. Like, yeah. it's perfectly consistent. Yeah, and I also, the, I was watching the, um, I think it's called The Game Revealed. You talk about the podcast for uh, Chernobyl. They have this, like, it's like a 20 minute episode for the the uh the second to last episode where they kind of break down the episode and the director Sposhnik was talking about how like you know in the moment the bells ring and Danny has everything she wants but it's not enough and it's like that makes and game of thrones fans you should you should relate to this if you feel like you were owed something and then you get it but it's not what you wanted or the way you expected you're gonna throw a fit probably and imagine if you had a fighter jet beneath you when you because it's like i can see like she finally has it but she's lost jora and she's lost missing day and she doesn't you know she she lost uh drogo she left the other guy she loved and now john's rejecting her um, which ties into like Emma was talking about in the books that like Danny never thought she'd have love, and so now she's lost all that, mm-hmm. and so now she's got everything she wanted, but still feels hollow. And I mean, and remember, she just wants to tear shit up. You remember, know what I mean? this is a show that opened. I mean, the very first episode was people telling her like, one day you're going to go to Westeros, and they're all going to praise you and love you immediately. They're going to yeah. accept you. They're going to kick Robert Baratheon out and put yeah. you in. She's believed this her entire life, and then she gets here, and it's not only that's not happening. But it's the exact opposite. They hate her. They want her to get away. They prefer Jon Snow. Yeah. She's been betrayed by everybody that she trusted. Like, it does It does fit. I get that people didn't... They liked her. Yeah. They didn't want this to happen. Well, that's the thing. It's like, it should feel like a betrayal from a friend. Like, if you did your job... And I think it seems like that's the way people are reacting. Yeah, and it, it also set us up for a final episode where I have no idea yeah. what's no. going to happen. You get, like, some, like, hints and, like, I don't know, nods to maybe, like... Now that we're getting into it, because we want to kind of, in this episode of the podcast, we're going to kind of be talking about some speculation, but mm-hmm. also expectations and looking at, we asked our Discord, like, hey, what are some other uh, series finales that don't sit well with you or mm-hmm. they don't sit well with others and yeah. you like them? So we'll kind of talk talk sure. about that. But so far, what I'm, the, the vibes I'm getting are Arya's probably going to take a swing at Danny, regardless, it, whether that's successful or not, we don't know. Arya's been pretty OP this far <laughs> and we don't know what that means overall. Right. Like, does that mean that she doesn't have a brother anymore because John can't believe that she did that? Or does he let her go because he knew that Danny needed to die? And he will just kind of, kind of like when uh, Arya's dire wolf was kind of let off into the woods, is she going to be kind of like a similar mm-hmm. situation where she can't really be punished for this? Yeah. You know, that, that there's some speculation right there. De- boy, there you go. There's a little treat <laughs> about for you. Yulon, do you have any predictions for Well, I, I just, I keep coming back to George R. R. Martin has said many times he's a huge Tolkien fan. He's a huge no. Lord of the Rings fan. And he even hinted that his his work was going to wrap up in a way that's sort of similar. Yeah. So I think if you look back to Lord of the Rings, there's a, there's a few clues there. Like, I think we just saw the scouring of the Shire. Yeah. Like, uh, for people who only have seen the movies, yeah. in the book Lord of the Rings... Yeah, there's a lot about this. Saruman and a bunch of orcs go to the Shire and, like, burn the whole thing down. Really? Yeah. So that when Frodo goes off to the Grey Havens and the rest of the hobbits get back home, it's basically been completely destroyed and they have to rebuild. Yeah. Because uh, it's like end of an era type stuff. It's like all of the stuff Tolkien's doing is like this is the end of the Third Age no. and the beginning of a new era. And like Aragorn's going to be installed as this new good king is going to see, you know, like the, the age of man is going to begin, whatever, all that stuff. No. So I think that that's kind of where we're, where we're going to end up in, in some ways. This kind of bittersweet where we're going to shift 
the era is going to change, so I don't think we go back and restore King's Landing. I don't think there's going to be any more Iron Throne. Yeah. I think maybe we're going to see the Seven Kingdoms are going to break back up into separate kingdoms or something yeah. like that. Uh, I think that would be interesting too. So there is no there is no winner uh, per se because yeah. I've been kind of thinking like if anybody ends up on the Iron Throne at this point, it's like I'm thinking maybe Sansa, but maybe if there is no Iron Throne, right. she's yeah. just Wardeness of the North. Well, or, I think, and you get like a council basically. Yeah. yeah, they've also been setting up sort of subtly that uh, you keep seeing Lord Jan Royce, who's basically the most powerful Lord of the Vale, mm-hmm. has basically become like an assistant to Sansa. Like he's yeah. always he's an advisor to Sansa. The, the Knights of the Vale are fighting along with the Starks. So I think there's already kind of this union between the North and the Eerie, yeah. which is a very powerful. We already heard Littlefinger talk about how powerful a union that is. I think that's basically the new seat of power in yeah. Westeros with King's Landing burned to the ground and like yeah. nobody's at Highgarden. Yeah. Maybe Tyrion's at uh, Lannisport, you know, yeah. at Castle Rock. Like we've wiped out most of the centers of power. So yeah. I think you're sort of de facto Sansa's in charge because I don't think, I think John like goes yeah. north to go play with ghosts. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. I think either he and Danny go out together somehow. Like yeah. it's a tragic romantic we're both going together kind of a thing. Or... He's like, you know what? After all this, I'm out. I already told Tormund and Ghost to hang up on North. I'm going to go chill with them. I already, I already yeah. like the free folk. Again, you know I mean? going back to the, the Tolkien stuff, I feel like yes. John and Throw Arya, yeah, they're they're going to the Grey Haven. Like, <laughs> I don't think they can like go back to their old lives. Yeah, no, and uh, also when it comes to the finale, I don't know if we're kind of getting we're leave, just kind of like random speculation. It feels like we're not leaving this series with all the dragons i mean we only have one left but i don't yeah. think if we're ending you gotta an era deal with it. i think you, you gotta, gotta deal with it, it. it's you're it's a nuke you gotta yeah. have to get rid of it like yeah. i don't it, it's gonna die at some point it's gonna suck it's gonna be sad mm-hmm. and it, it is the end of an era but like it like you said it's gonna be bittersweet when it comes to like yeah. what it means for everybody yeah. but again it, it, it's kind of a neat sort of uh you know if the circle is complete when the show opened everybody talked about there was really not much magic in the world most people don't believe in things like dragons anymore yeah. and so yeah as it closes out we'll like re-enter that era where yeah magic no dragons no white walkers from the world yeah. and everybody will go back to not believing in all of these magical enchanted things yeah, but yeah. like i think there could be some there's some room there to kind of like leave hints of like no there could be like you find some eggs a unicorn, George a unicorn. he really wants that um but also the idea that like the White Walkers were kind of taking, they were getting rid of their in a very simple way. It was it was hard, but like you killed one person and they got rid of all of them. All of them. I feel like there's going to be like some, maybe like a hint or two of like way up north there might be one more. You know, like and they can make yes. more. They can make more Night King. I, Easy peasy. We, there's a few. There's a few things that we never quite like closed the this the circuit on like they've left it sort of weirdly open and it's hard to tell if they've left it open for the finale or the prequel series yeah. that we know is coming I'm I'm upset one of possibly five yeah but it it bugs me to feel like they may purposefully be like well don't let's not give too much information no. we want people to watch the other series I see I don't have the way. feeling because of that I have a feeling because of like well let's see what George is gonna do like we're just gonna leave enough room because because. They know what they know. Benioff and Weiss know what they've been told, but right. there's got to be a ton of full book stops worth of stuff that they don't know. Door stops, excuse me. The, the like Bran. What would have happened if the Night King killed Bran? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I don't like that just being left. Like what? What was the deal with that? Why yeah. is Bran important to humanity? Like they, they were talking about it in such metaphorical terms, yeah. mm-hmm. and like. The episode after the Battle of Winterfell, uh, Davos and Tyrion had a conversation that I think is probably very key, where they were basically like, so what do you think? Lord of Light, he's mm-hmm. the one who saved us. And Davos is like, who knows? The Lord yeah. of Light comes down, then he leaves, no more blessings. Uh, mm-hmm. Did he do anything? Who can really say? It's whatever you believe. Yeah. And then Tyrion very purposefully like looks at where Jon and Daenerys are sitting. It's like, well, we've got our own problems to worry about. Yeah. Here on Earth. Yeah. And I feel like that was basically Benioff and Weiss being like, listen, everybody, shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we're going to get back to the politics now. We're done with the magic. Like, I know you, we didn't explain the Frost Zombies, but get over it. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. also, like, with the elephants, that you even had, like, Cersei being the audience at that point, being like, man, I really wanted elephants to be yeah. in this battle. I really wanted yeah, elephants. But now you know that but they, it been they wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> well, it wouldn't have mattered. I, I actually really like that because it's sort of, to me, like a nod to, in the in the Middle Ages, like, people in Europe really didn't know what elephants looked like. Like, yeah. you could go back to look at old drawings of people imagining elephants, and they're like horses. Yeah. You know, they don't really look. So I feel like she doesn't get how big an elephant is yeah. and why you couldn't bring one on a boat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I, like, I, I like that crazy. idea. 
So we're going to get more into uh, show finales, but before we do, let's stop and say uh, hi to a friend of ours. DJ. Yes. I'm tired. So long. <laughs> Going upstairs. Yes. Yeah. Waking up. I wake up tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, it probably is because I'm not working out enough. And you know what? A lot of people are like, wait, but aren't you going to get tired when you work out? I was like, no. When you're living a healthier lifestyle, overall, things start to feel better. That's true. Yes, your endorphins. They mm-hmm. are important. And guess what? Our friends can help you out with finding them. Overfit takes all the complexity out of losing weight and getting fit. It's a brand new, super simple streaming service that allows you to work out from the comfort of your living room in as little as 10 minutes a day. I'm going to be honest with you, those were big hurdles for me. The idea of going someplace and the idea of taking a lot of time. Now, my workouts are usually about 40 minutes, but before I was starting with 10-minute workouts. It's a good way to set a routine. Baby steps, people. Baby steps. Everyone's bodies are different and OpenFit gets that, which is why it is personalized to your needs with custom, tailored, original Original content. OpenFit classes are led by some of the most effective and engaging trainers in the world. Sculpt your body with Andrea Rogers, founder of the worldwide sensation Extend Bar, or get in crazy good shape with Hunter McIntyre, named by Sports Illustrated as one of the top 50 fittest athletes. Wow. So if you don't believe me, because I'm definitely not one of the top 50 fittest athletes, you can believe Hunter McIntyre. Earlier you said everyone's bodies are different, and mine's definitely different, but <laughs> OpenFit's got a deal for me. It's it super sure does. Simple. It's super simple. Forget all the complexity and stress around getting fit and just press play and work out on your schedule. 600 seconds with celebrity trainer Devin Wiggins packs the fat burning, muscle building, and body sculpting benefits of much longer sessions into a fraction of that time. Time. You can access it anywhere and anytime, and it gives you results that you can see lose up to 15 pounds in just the first 30 days. And if you want all that, like Sam said, there's a deal we have for you. Listen up. All right. Are you, you listening? listening? Oh, yeah. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> Open Fit has changed the way that I work out. Honestly, it made it so, it's so much simpler. And with our code STUPID, you can join us on our fitness journey personalized just for. You again use our code STUPID and start using OpenFit for your journey to a healthier life. Right now, during the OpenFit 30 day challenge, our listeners get a special extended 30 day free trial membership to OpenFit where you can lose up to 15 pounds in 30 days. Well, those numbers are crazy. Mm-hmm. When you text, yeah, we're texting right now. Whip out your phones, better not be driving kids, and go ahead and text STUPID to 303030. That's 303030. You will get full access to OpenFit, all the workouts and nutrition information totally free. Again, and just text STUPID to 303030. Standard message and data rates may apply. And gang, just start getting, you can just start getting eat healthier so easy. Put that on a t-shirt. Thanks, OpenFit. Back to the show. My call is Tyrion in the south, Sans in the north. John goes back over the wall to hang out with Ghost. Boom. Boom. That's a pretty good call. So, uh, talking about uh, show finales, Game of Thrones is coming up. I'm sure everybody is on the same page about the finale now that it's aired, and all grievances have been met, and everybody's uh, contradictory expectations have been achieved. Yes. Uh, Listen, all they had to do was satisfy every single one of the millions of people who've been watching the show and all of their expectations for the past decade. Yeah. It's easy to do. A couple decades, actually, since even book readers. Book readers, This is probably the best ending you're going to get. If I'm being candid, it seems like the book readers are the most bothered by the, yeah, yeah yeah but this i the, i didn't even watch lost but this totally reminds me of lost and the lost finale and the reaction to to that and the kind of the idea of uh the catch-22 of a cultural phenomenon is that these guys are laughing all the way to the bank but also uh being told how awful they are at writing and uh, you know what i mean like it's just it just reminds me of like i once your show reaches this kind of status and it's this serialized I don't know if you can. I don't know if a, if a finale that everybody's on board with exists. No, I think it's you, you. Sort of your ultimate goal as a TV show runner at this point is to create something that gets popular enough that everybody tells you you're a fucking hack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's the dream. Like, yeah. If you if you achieve all of your goals, people on the internet will just savage you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool place so to be. So did you, uh, nice. you, you guys watched Lost. <laughs> yes. Sure. What did you all think of the finale? And does this remind you of that? By the way, did you do Lost parties when you're getting near the finale? Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. I got my, got my Dharma Initiative shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I Lost, was swan. I had a shirt that was, it was the plane, but like the plane was made up of just iconography from the show. Super so if you look cool. closely oh, at the plane, it was like really Dharma cool. logos and like the van. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think Lost was actually the first show that like, that's what got me into podcasts. Like I, the first recap show 
shows I ever nice. listened to were people talking week to week about You needed Lost. that, too, with Lost. You're like, oh, wait, we got to remember the Hurley Bird? We let's bring that up again. Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> right. And it was that one of the first shows that I feel like the internet really grabbed onto is that, like, the conversation is going from just friends to everybody now. Like, yeah. the entire internet is watching this show together. Yeah. So what did you all think of the finale? The final season, I think, is where it gets kind of dicey for some people because they start introducing, like, we hang out at a temple for a long time and we meet yeah. more others. We're like, but these are different others than the other others because the <laughs> other others were scientists but these others lived on the island but they right. didn't and you're like whoa okay hold on and then it's, they kind of get into the spiritual area where you're like what are, what are we doing exactly why and like it would kind of try to answer these questions in like these single episodes of like why do the people come to the island how does this magic work what is the cork stop and you're like what does this mean and it it, it tried its best to actually please fans with answers I think the show got to a point where it's like these questions might be a little too big to answer at all. I think the finale, though, did its best ending the story that it set up. Mm-hmm. Personally, yeah. that's how I felt by the end of it. I, no, I agree about the it's, it's The problem is not the last episode, which is really good. The mm-hmm. problem is the last season. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they got to a situation where they there were just too many things for them to solve. And the whole season would have just been people like, well... The, the polar bear was because of this, and the smoke monster was this. Remember the pregnancy thing? That was because, and it was just going to be boring. <laughs> yeah. So they came up with like this sleight of hand. It's like a magic trick. You're waiting for the real answers, but they're like, "Well, what's going on over here? Sideways universe? Oh, that's weird. Oh, I wonder what's going on in that." <laughs> yeah. And then they they solve a totally different mystery that they hadn't really been setting up. They, okay. They created a new mystery for themselves to solve, so you didn't notice maybe all these old mysteries that they weren't going to really bother yeah. with. And that's clever. Like I tip of my hat to them, but it is a core sort of unsatisfying. You yeah. get to the end, and you're like, "Oh, okay. Well, that's that solution to that mystery." And I wasn't really as interested in as what happened. Why was Walt important? Yeah, the sideways <laughs> universe. You, you, never, you never really get there. Um, never fun. Um, <laughs> well, how did he use a computer? Um, but the, um, no idea. <laughs> uh, with the side, you bring up a good point because it's also with the sideways universe. You get as much fan service as you possibly could cram into a show. It's sure. like everybody's coming back yeah. for literally two seconds, but yeah. they will be in the same spot. So you'll cry and you'll freak out. and It'll be great. Um, and when a show starts dabbling with time travel, you kind of start to like. Your brain starts to fizz out a little yeah. bit. You're like, I have no idea how to even process this anymore. Also, uh, I have to say, uh, and as a person who did not watch the show, this isn't going to make sense, but Saeed ending up with Shannon at the end of the show yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah, so, yeah. like, the whole concept of the last episode, spoilers for Lost <laughs> is that they're in, like, they're in, like, this waiting room before they all go to heaven. So, like, they had That's this... so ambitious. I've, well, wa- no, I've watched two full but, episodes but of Lost, not, one of them's finale. But it's not... People are always like, oh, they were dead the whole time. That's not it. That's not what they're saying. It's that they went through... Yeah, but just the idea of, like, tackling perspectives on the afterlife on your show, it's like, that's some hot water, man. Yeah, it's like they went through this experience together during their lives. Then they all went and lived the rest of their lives. But when they all die, they go together to this waiting area to reunite before they go on to whatever, like, the next world is or whatever. Which is kind of a cool fan service to the people who had theories that they've been dead the whole time. It's a weird kind of, like, we heard heard you. It just kind of feels like it'd be like the finale of Breaking Bad and Walter White is like, hey— can I talk to you about Jesus? <laughs> a little bit. Whoa! A little bit. But uh, so, but the, then they they have in this waiting room. So like going to go spend eternity together are like two people who hooked up on the island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they didn't. It was like that, that's such fans. It was like he had the like of the love of his life who was murdered before he got to the island. He doesn't end up with her for all eternity. Uh, he ends up with his island hookup so he can bring back the actress from season one. Come Class. On. Yeah, yeah, come on. So, <laughs> so for you guys, what are some finales that you really thought landed it? I think Legend of Korra. We did a review show for yeah. that, and a lot of people were not I know about our Discord. They were they were big fans of that. Yes. Big fans. Yeah. I'm yeah. a big fan of it as well. But I think there's a last little. I think when we get to like the end of these series, they try to like kind of do a little bit of fan service. And with mm-hmm. Legend of Korra, you see two of the characters going. You see Korra and Asami go off yeah. and be together or whatever. They go on an adventure. They, yeah. it, it, it doesn't end with a full stop. It's just like they, they're... It's for the comics to go, yeah. For the comics, yeah, yeah, yeah. which right. I've heard are very good. I'm, I'm not going to read them, but... Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, you got to lay um, the groundwork for what's next. Yeah. So a lot of people... I don't remember how you felt about it, but a lot of people were critical of 
the setup of those two characters getting together by the very end because there was no really on-screen setup of them being romantic. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Korosami in defense of there not a lot of setup. Nickelodeon wouldn't let them. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so they really weren't even allowed to do the setup because of cartoons can't have people of the same sex kissing, which is dumb. Which was, that was like six years ago. Yeah, it's not Something that long like ago. That. Yeah, it's yeah. not, yeah, it's... Not as long, but also Scrubs out there because in the original finale of Scrubs is amazing. Yes, very good. But then they had this whole other extended finale, which was another season, and that one I think I don't think that's controversial. I think that's across the board. Everyone's not on board. It's not well liked. It is not well liked whatsoever. Really good theme song. They did a little Mm. remaster of it with a new band. Very good. Very catchy. What about you, Lon? Is there a finale that you thought like? This is it. I mean, Breaking Bad is the one I think a lot of people come back to that I really loved. And I just felt like the whole last season of Breaking Bad just like landed that plane just yeah. really seamlessly. Uh, Americans recently Americans on FX. so good. They had a really sensational finale. That, that was feels such like, a perfect grace note. Yeah. No. Like the, the, the exact right sort of. Again, like it takes like a very deft touch to know the exact right note to end these like really long, complicated stories on. Also, Mad Men. I love the Mad Men. I haven't watched Mad Men. I've seen a couple episodes. Mad Men is, I mean, at this point, it's a huge undertaking. It's so many seasons and it's so dense, but one of the greatest shows, I think. So it did it, but I remember its finale being somewhat controversial as well. It was very controversial. What made it, (laughs) because it it ends on like a Coke ad or something? Uh, Yeah, I mean, well, the whole show, basically, Mad Men was, you know, this guy. It was a big ad for Coke. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was, you know, this this guy, Don Draper, who's a a bad guy. I mean, he cheats on his wife and he he's a sort of you know very misogynist in this chauvinist sort of world he's an alcoholic I mean, he's a troubled man and the whole show kind of flirted with is he is this a you know is this a redemptive story is yeah. he gonna like figure out the error of his ways and become a better person he like would for a while and then he would slip and it was this back and forth and the the final episode you you really think they really lead you down this path of he's on this redemptive road and you're 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 seeing him and he's at this sort of hippie retreat and he's meditating uh and people around him are talking but what the real ending is is he's listening to all of this chatter and he turns it into the I'd like to buy the world a Coke ad. Yeah. So at, at his core, yeah. he's remained this very cynical, corporatist, capitalist ad man. Like, yeah. He's not really taking in the lessons of this place. He's taking them and re purposing them and using them to sell sodas so i what i'm hearing is that when you have a character that could be learning from their lessons and then they don't general audiences are not big fans of that they, well that's what <laughs> stories are like supposed to do yeah. in some ways and like that's that's not not true like the no. hero's journey is yeah like i, I always uh, i think of that remember that family guy where stewie is making fun of brian for not writing his novel uh, i've yeah, seen yeah. that yeah. is the novel going mm, no yeah. friends become friends yeah, enemies Enemies, enemies become, become friends. Enemies, enemies friends. Yeah. Uh, main character yeah, figures yeah. out a problem. <laughs> like that's what we all expect. Like it's funny because those are the expectations we bring into every piece of fiction. Yeah, and usually they satisfy them. And like sometimes in a in a really wonderful way. Like Legend of Korra is a great like Avatar and Korra great examples of like it's a conventional narrative, but in a really creative, fresh, innovative way that's very compelling. Yeah. And it, it it feels like it's imparting wisdom, even though the the solution is, you know, what it always is. Yeah. But not every show necessarily does that. And like, yeah. like Mad Men, I think it's okay to sort of step outside that. How I Met Your Mother is one that definitely is not universally loved as, yeah. an, as an ending. Did you follow Did you follow the show? I did. I did, I did. watch it. In our so Discord, mother. we got Kayla Marie 033. Don't even get me started on How I Met Your Mother. No, yeah, there's a, I, I pulled up a list of like controversial endings for shows and I got the gist of it. So I watched a good amount of that show and you can definitely feel when like, uh-oh, we ran out of plot on this one. Mm-hmm. It was like, we... How many seasons did that run i you know look at you know eight, let me 10 yeah because that's that. another thing i want to point out like i i think it was a conversation i had with owen carter about where i think he's the one that dropped a seed in my brain although i'm sure it's been around is the idea of like five seasons is kind of perfect for a show like five because yeah. like people are like game of thrones is so different now it's like yeah and that's been happening for a while because it could have been like these shows they, you can make them tighter. You can make it five seasons tends to be Breaking Bad was about five ish because they split six, yeah, six but because they shorter split, than yeah. the last one. Um, for me, I think the best finale for me that I've ever seen it has to be The Shield. 
Yes. Um, which also has, the, I would argue, the best pilot I've ever seen. Danny M agrees with you. Yeah. Yes. Well, so, yeah the, Shield, the Shield had an awesome. And the Shield is like such a great show that is not mentioned among no. like the classics of its era. Also, I would say it was seven seasons. Probably could have been five. <laughs> probably could have been five. <laughs> yeah. It has a few. Uh, has a few. And also, it has a great because it's like a lot of shows where there was a moment where maybe it won't come back. And it's a great example of if that show had ended on its season four finale, it's a happy ending. Mm-hmm. They've they've taken out the big bad. Things are looking good for Vic, who is a bad person. Yeah, no, he's like, that's not necessarily. <laughs> yeah, a happy yeah but, but yeah, but it's like everything kind of works out. And if things had stopped there, fine. But season seven, it goes full into its tragedy, and it's it's it ends on the perfect grace note, where Vic gets away with it, which is tragic because he's an awful, awful human being. But there's that seed planted that like he. It's not going to stay this yeah. way. Like he, he it just, can't last who, forever. Who he is, he's eventually going to have to burn out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's perfect. The other one that I'll say is another FX show. Um, when I got the finale of Justified, uh, which Justified. The, Justified is so I I caught it after it aired. It's on Amazon Prime, and it turns out it's, it's just tailor made for me. It's a crime show, but it follows a guy that's basically a cowboy in the modern times. It's it's just perfectly tailor made for my interests. And the last the, the final episode is good. The final moment uh, made me tear up, and it's not. It's it's all. It's, if I told you the line, it wouldn't mean anything to you. But if you watch the show and the relationship between um, uh, Raylan Givens and Boyd Crowder, played by Walton Goggins, and that whole thing, it's just like it gets me. It's perfect. Uh, did you ever watch uh, Fringe on Fox? Sure, yeah, uh, I, I loved it. I, so I, I as when it comes to finales, that one really wrecked me. I think the final season kind of gets a little iffy because they're like, we want to go. We're going they went big. Huge. Yeah. We're going. They they went to. They'd been seeding. I'm just gonna. This show's fucking old now. So I'm gonna hop into it. <laughs> yeah, it's been it. like a decade. Yeah. Um, they throughout the series they teased uh, the observers, which were like these like bald dudes and like bowler and fedoras that were watching big events throughout all of history. Yeah. They had evidence of it hundreds of years yeah. ago that they were there. We find out they're us in the future, and they were scouting a perfect time in history to not mess up the timeline to come and colonize here because okay. they messed up the world too much and now they want to come back yeah, here like dystopian earth future is unlivable so they're trying to like settle the past gotcha. so they settle did they watch that Terra Nova show where they did decided shout out to Terra Nova yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stephen Lang um, <laughs> watch that show um, they, they, they they colonize in like 2013 something like that and then our characters for reasons are shuffled five years in the future after that and mm-hmm. so now the world's been taken over by them and they need to figure out a way to stop it and the series bookends uh, uh, kind of a perfect arc for Walter our main our main guy who John Noble gives the, one of my favorite performances of an actor period in that entire series go back series. to Lord of the Rings he's Denethor yeah. in the Lord of the Rings movie and Legend of Tomorrow fans he's Mollus yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a big demon guy and he plays himself in an episode of that in show in Lord of the Rings it's <laughs> yeah. so weird um, no his end is he is responsible for literally everything bad that has happened full stop this is his fault because he loved his son and he didn't think anyone should get in his way to help his son no. and you're like, you're wrong for doing this, but it's your kid. Yeah. And so it's like, what would you do to save your kid? And at the end, he has to make the ultimate sacrifice for his kid. Full, like he he knows he needs to save the universe, whole yeah. thing, like in the world and and whatnot. But it still comes down to his son that he loves, and he loves more than anything that has ever existed. And I I, I was. Balling. I bawled hard. Yeah. And uh, and also it ends on a perfect sci-fi note where it's like, but maybe there's more story. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, and, and there's it never needs to explore explored again. It won't be explored again. No, they I, thought maybe yeah. they were going to get to do like X-Files style. They get to do like a fringe movie. movie so they kind of left it open, but no. No, yeah. I, that show though <laughs> is my favorite sci-fi exploration show. It is it, the, the monster of the week. They, they always went... They did A B thinking, and then they got to like Z. They <laughs> like they're like, yeah. oh, it's it, it could be this, but actually, it's. This. I love the the boldness of Fringe, where because oh, yeah. it, it like X Files. I love X Files, but X Files was really all like the individual stories and Mulder and Scully's relationship. There, the, the, they didn't have like the vision. I don't feel like it. When, whenever you get to like the overarching X Files plot, it's like uh, some bees and some oil and aliens are colonizing. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But Fringe, their big picture thinking was like 
always way outside the box. Yeah. It's like alternate realities and dimensions and versions of you from other worlds. Nice. It just was always like shooting the moon. Every actor played more than one role. Yeah. <laughs> All constantly in some scenes at the same time. It no. was they uh, uh, their main actress uh, on a on a tour on a tour. I was gonna say on a lore. We know her uh, on a tour. And uh, John Noble played Walternate. Was such a good character. Uh, one of my favorite shots of just any TV show is when they basically they create a room that exists in both two universes at the same time yeah. and has windows on both sides so if you look over here that's one universe over here different universe so it's raining over here and over there it's sunny nice. and it's it's on the base of the Statue of Liberty yeah. uh, because in one universe that's where the State Department works and mm-hmm. on your, in our universe that's just a tourist trap yeah. so they totally shut it down and that's where both universes meet and it's such a cool moment and where a character play, uh, two characters played by the same actor come into a room and have a conversation and you're like oh my god that we earned this. <laughs> like, the yeah. show fully earned that they can do this. It's, it's weird. weird. It's Have you ever weird. seen Counterpart, that Stars show with J.K. Uh, Simmons? It, it kind of plays with a similar... It's like, it, it's all in on just the, what if there were two universes yeah. and they were spying on each other. Yeah, like so Cold cool. War, but two yeah, universes. Yeah, so it's Cold War spies, but yeah, like, they're trying to blow up our universe and vice versa. It's pretty crazy. They yeah. do that in Fringe. Yeah, right? no, and, it... it I mean, I bring it up because it definitely owes a debt to Fringe. Like, no. whoever created Counterpart definitely had seen Fringe and was, like, borrowing some yeah. of that. Yeah, content. make it, like, a slightly more, like, gritty, like, a darker storyline, I feel like. It's I haven't just, watched Counterpart because it's, it's more... Just, Counterpart is no Monster of the Week, not really sci-fi. It's just spies, but there's an alternate universe. Yeah, so cool. and really just unpacking. It really, that, the without J.K. Simmons' performance, yes. there's no reason for that show to exist. Right. <laughs> like, he's playing, like, two, he's the same guy from two universes, but they've developed so differently that they're like night and day also really guys. simple explanation of basically when they discovered it that's what created the two universes so right. it's, it only goes back to like 1980 something and yeah, I think everything, it's the 60s. 60s it was like during the cold war they did this experiment that like bloop created mirror universes so at that moment they were exactly identical yeah. but ever since like we're on every decision everyone makes makes them more different yeah so and like we and there was like a disease on the other side that we maybe caused right and they, <laughs> they're they, they think we caused, yeah. but we're we're not convinced. Yeah, but, yeah, and it's all very complicated. Did you uh, in our Discord? We also, Kim Sensa said, "Can we talk about how bad Dexter ended?" Did you watch Dexter? I did. I watched Dexter the whole <laughs> way through. Okay. I made it to the very end. The yeah. lumberjack. I, yeah, so I they saw keep it. saying the lumberjack. What is so? Because well, I didn't watch. Here's the Dexter. thing about Dexter. Dexter had the fourth season of Dexter. John Lithgow is the the bad guy, yeah. and it's sort of him versus Dexter. Cool. It's so good. And it ends on a beautiful, perfect moment that is the complete summation of the show. Yeah. That is like, mwah. It's, it's the exact right. You need to end the show right now. Yeah. And then it goes on for another four seasons. Oof. And those additional four seasons are terrible. Like, each one is bad. And they're like almost each one is worse than the one that came before. Nice. Until it's just like a grim endurance challenge. Like I just have to <laughs> and get you did through it. this. You did it. Yeah. Well, because you kind of keep it's a show you really like, and it yeah. had this great season. You kinda, and it might come back. You, and every season, there. you know, they add new cast members. So I was like, oh, Colin Hanks and Edward James almost are going to be on this season. Well, that's <laughs> cool. Oh, Ray Stevenson and Yvonne Strahovski are joining this season. Yep. Well, I'll keep. <laughs> but it was just like relentlessly horrible. And then so the finale. Uh, he's they're basically like in Miami everybody's on to him yeah. he's, he's gonna get arrested for being he's he's murdered his own sister like things have gone just terribly for him yeah there's this huge hurricane coming into Miami so he's like I'm gonna just take my boat one of the big things in the show is that he has this boat that he always goes out and that's how he disposes of the body yeah, yeah, yeah so he's like I'm just gonna take my boat and I'm gonna drive right into the hurricane it's like suicide mission yeah so you're like alright he's gonna take himself out the end yeah mm-hmm. Not a great ending, but okay. Yeah. But then there's this extra scene where we're up in, like, the Pacific Northwest on this, like, logging, you know, site. And then you just close in on this one guy, and he's just, like, very stone-faced, no expression, just going through the day. And then you pan up, and it's literally, like, they lumberjacked Dexter. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got the hat and the plaid and the beard, yeah. but it's Dexter. Like, yeah. oh, he became a lumberjack. Surprise twist. Yeah. Gotcha. Like, what? It's bizarre. That reminds me of, so um, Dexter was on, what network was Dexter Showtime. on? Showtime, which also had Nurse Jackie, which yes. my wife liked, and I think went through a similar thing where it had, I think it's third season finale. I didn't watch the show. She was watching it. Had this, like, perfect grace note of ending, but because Showtime doesn't know when to, like, 
pull, they they the showrunner was like, I told my story, I'm out. So yeah. they got a new showrunner, and apparently it was also grim after that. And it's I think yeah. Showtime needs to learn. We're like, hey. Because I think they're aren't they shameless as well? Yes. And I've I, all the buzz I've seen about shameless is it should have ended like three yeah, seasons I ago. I don't they just don't have enough they're not churning out enough huge shows that when they do have one that connects, they're yeah. like, We gotta run this into the ground. Yeah. We we don't and know when sure the next do. time we're gonna get one of these is. Yeah. Because, yeah, how many Showtime shows do people talk about? Like, not that many. <laughs> not that many. Uh, Although I will say uh, the Wu-Tang Clan documentary that they put up a few weeks ago is great. Nice. Four-part, uh, very authoritative. Is it very is cool. it on Hulu or did Hulu do one too? Because I see it Hulu on Hulu. did one too. This is the uh, Showtime one, though. Gotcha. So it's a Firefest situation. Man. Yes, there's multiple Wu-Tang Clan dogs. <laughs> Gotta um, watch them all. Obviously. I mean, of course. But Showtime is the one that, like, all the members of the Wu-Tang Clan, like, are in it. They nice. participated. It's pretty good. It's cool. ODB. Rest in peace. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. No OG the bastard. Uh, they was, talk about him a lot. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, as they should. I'm trying to think. There's one more finale that I want to throw. Oh, okay. Here we go. There was a universal love of one finale, uh, and I think it might be the same for us. I don't know if you watch it. Parks and Rec. Yes. The way that they wrap up their series is pretty much the best you could possibly do. It's I a- love the finale. I'm not – I don't love the entire final season. Really? Interesting, because I really like the final season. I What's- like it. I just it, – I don't know. Gimmicky final seasons like that sometimes. I just like – I just want to see the characters I like. I just want to wrap it up. I don't need yeah. all these like, oh, five years in the future. Here's a little, you know, silly joke. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, so it, it's great. I, I lo- And I love the final episode. And I love those characters. I just want to spend time with them. You know what's crazy but about I that do, gimmick I mean, is we've now passed that. that time. Yes. <laughs> I like the final season, but it's probably my least favorite season. Maybe except for the first season. Okay. Yeah, I, don't need the, I don't need the Mark Brandanowitz stuff. Well, once they figured that out. Yeah, I, well, I was going to say, because that's another example of a show that, like, again, I think shows can be maybe, you know, five seasons that sweet spot. Because for me, I, I haven't even watched the first season. I caught a couple episodes. I'm like, no, I'm fine. No reason. They, they needed and also, to find their voice. At first, they definitely thought it was going to be... I think I, I I think in the first season they didn't realize that people were going to really like um, Amy Poehler's character. Yeah. I think they thought that people were going to be irritated by her, mm-hmm. and they needed to surround her with other people to like offset it. Yeah, and I think they figured out after the first season, like, oh, we don't need like a brand. You don't need to soften Leslie Nope. It's just like. It's like Le- the Leslie Nope and Ron show. Yeah, like, yeah. It's okay to make it that. They it's- definitely were like, what if Michael Scott but had way more responsibility? And it's like, that's not great. Like, she she's pretty dumb in the first season yeah, in comparison right. to, like, how later you're shown, like, oh, she's very competent. Oh, yeah, because I, yeah, I only yeah. know her as super confident. Like, first season, they really, yes. they, they're not nice So the first her. season also, uh, I kind of missed most of, I think it's season six is the second to last season. That sounds right. Uh, Parks and Rec? Yeah, Parks and Rec. Yeah. We've ran seven seasons? Yeah. yeah. Uh, six, six is good. Six is pretty hit or miss for me. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I like the show basically. I, I think season seven doesn't quite work for me until you get the run and Leslie being locked in a room together and having to work out their problems. And it's yeah. like, they're not gonna, like, they're not gonna, they're never gonna become the same person personality-wise, but you can see where they where they fit together and work. And it's very, it's very sweet. I love that episode. But with that, The Office is a is a kind of a similar case where finale, you get you did the best you possibly could with what that last what season was the actual finale of the show because I'm sure I watched it and I do not remember. One year later Uh uh, Dwight's wedding Michael comes back, okay, and yeah. then a revisit of this documentary of what, like, oh, where? Yeah, I don't at. care about that. For me, the finale is when Michael left. There you go, and that can <laughs> that can work yeah. too. But then it, it went over like what two more seasons after yeah, Michael yeah. left? You get yeah. all the Robert California stuff, no. which I like the character. I don't know if I yeah. like everything that happens around him. His he is. I actually really, really enjoy the character, and I wish he could have played off of Michael Scott's character. I almost feel like there should that's a different show. Like, a good show that I would have enjoyed watching if you yeah. made the Robert California show. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like The Office. It feels off. What do you think, as we're wrapping up, what do you think is the secret to, like, a, nailing a finale? You know what I think too many shows try to do is, like, they try to make it almost like a clip show in addition to a finale. And I'm thinking of Seinfeld here. <laughs> like, I love Seinfeld. We got some but, Seinfeld mentions into this. But that, that finale is... And, it, and Seinfeld ends on the perfect moment where they're in jail and then they revisit one of their dumb conversations from, like, the pilot yeah. about shirt buttons. Like, <laughs> what about the little button? Um, yeah. But the they're trying to do too much of like remember the soup Nazi and remember like I yeah. don't we don't need to I don't need to see like 
crazy Joe Devola again. Like, yeah. I get I get it. And I think a lot of shows are sort of tempted to do that of like, you got to end on this note of like, we've been through so much oh, the last eight years. And like the office is kind of doing that too. And then you just don't need to like, no. we, we can go back and watch the old episodes. Just, you know, make a great new final episode that wraps it up. Mm-hmm. What about you, Sam? What do you think makes a, a, a really good series finale? I think if a show has fan expectation, you kind of have to, you meet it halfway as best you can, like narratively, if you, if you can. Uh, I, get, I get what you mean by fan service because sometimes people like they, they whiff it. Like, it, like with The Office, I'm like, a lot of this you didn't need. I didn't need Ryan to come back. Right. <laughs> Ryan That's and Kelly, I, mean. I, like, think... I don't give it. I don't care at all. But with Scrubs, where he's looking back on his life of like what this place meant to him and what it means going forward. It's this real Scrubs finale, not internship. <laughs> yeah. uh, when he gets to watch how his life's going to play out moving forward, and I'm like, oh, I'm crying right now. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah, actually, I think, I think there's some you know, like if you can figure out that moment or that image or that thing that's going to drive home what this show meant to people, like that's the that's the sweet spot. So yeah. like Cheers. Yeah. You know, remember Cheers when no. you're outside the door of the bar looking in through the window and somebody comes up and knocks and Sam, the bartender, Ted Danson, turns yeah. around and goes, we're closed. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's, yeah. that's how it is. It's like, oh, I, I don't get to go into Cheers anymore. Yeah. And it really hits you like it's never been closed in the show. You can always, that's where everybody knows your name. Yeah, exactly. Like it's that perfect image moment. to just sum it all up and then you're done. Breaking Bad, he's dying with his true love, which is a meth lab. Right. Like, and like the police, you could see the reflections of the police sirens yeah. like closing in on him. Like it's that final moment. Yeah, it's perfect. My, one of my favorite ones, uh, somebody mentioned uh, Firefly in the, the comments of whether that counts. Uh, what I'll say is I think one of the un- best unintentional finales is... <laughs> is um, is Terriers, which was only on a season on uh, FX, um, but it and it was canceled unceremoniously. But the last moment is uh, it follows a former cop and a former crook that become PIs together mm-hmm. in like a, a small suburb or in a spot suburb, a small like dinky town, surf town out of outside San Diego, and uh, through whatever the the, the former crook has going to have to go to jail. And this whole show is built around these two guys, their relationship. And so um, Donald Logue plays the former cop and he's driving um, his buddy to prison and they hit an exit and the, there's an exit to Mexico. And he's like, you want to just go? You just want to make a run for it? Like, forget all this. You want to just go? Uh-huh. Roll credits. And it's like, that's great. Because now it's yeah. like they could they could have either done the, like, the adult thing and like taken him to jail. Or they could just be living on Mexico together. And I'm equally happy with both directions. Yeah. And that's it. And it wasn't supposed to be the finale. But it's actually the perfect grace note. I think for me, when it comes to longer running shows, I think you invest in some of your serialized stuff. But I think each season should be its own story. So you don't really run into like a Lost or a Game of Thrones situation where almost the entirety of your fan expectation is falling on your last few episodes because in what reality are you ever going to be able to accomplish that? Like, you're not, like, so so you're wrapping up stories as you go, so when it comes to the end... Breaking Bad, all you have to really figure out is where where did Walt and Jesse end up? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the Shield, what's Vic doing? Like how do you, how do you resolve the problem of Vic? That also has the greatest penultimate episode when he finally admits to all his crimes yeah. mm-hmm. and it's oh my god, such a good show. I Shield highly is recommend a great Shield. show. And yeah. Michael Michael Chiklis, like he's he's fantastic. Yeah. He's really phenomenal in that. I remember him from a uh, classic show, an old show called The Commission. Yeah, well they they mentioned I was watching some of the behind the scenes stuff on the show and they were like, yeah, he was already the star of another show. Like a big popular show that lasted for many years, but it's like the opposite character. He's yeah. like the world's most affable, likable local cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who just like helps everybody. And they were talking about how like he came into audition just like anybody else. And they're like, but you're from the commission. Like, yeah. what are you doing? He and was he, already like famous. And they already yeah, they had the character written. 93 as, episodes of the yeah, commission. No, the yeah. commission was a long running beloved show. And they wrote Vic as like this big, as this like big guy. And then he, Michael Chiklis comes in as like this little, like pit bull Lean, of a person. Yeah, yeah. And it's great. The pilot's great because it sets up this whole premise of a show, like he's got a strike team and there's going to be a mole in the strike team. And you're like, oh, it's about this like on the edge cop. And then at the end, he murders the mole. And you're like, oh, no, he's the bad guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. This, he's, <laughs> he's the villain of the show. And so it's just about resolving that. It, yeah. At the end, each season has its own issues. Yeah, I think there's this 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 thought among fans that the secret to doing it would just be plan it all out in advance. Just yeah. 
write your first episode, come up with your last episode, figure everything out. But so much of the fun of these shows is that they figured out what they were on the fly. Like what we were saying about Parks and Rec. Like yeah. it, it ended up being a very different show. Like even uh, Chris Pratt wasn't supposed to be like a permanent part of the ensemble. Yeah. He was just supposed to be Rashida Jones's boyfriend in the beginning. Like and douchey then, boyfriend. Yeah, too. and then they were going to like break up after a few episodes. And then they were just like, they kept coming up with funny plot lines and stuff for him and he was yeah. doing such a good job they were like let's just keep you know keep andy in the show yeah and like that's the thing you, you couldn't have planned it all out and it wouldn't have been as good yeah so i think that's just that's just a fallacy that a lot of people believe it's like well they just should have come up with everything that's going to happen beforehand Brandon. and they could have planned it all out jesse pinkman was supposed to die in the first season of breaking bad right. no. goggins was supposed to die in the first episode of justified yeah, noho his... hank on barry he yeah. was supposed to only be in one episode and right. now he's my favorite character on TV right now. He's so goddamn funny. Well, I mean, even like Parson Rec is a great example. It's like a lot of those characters were supposed to be like pop up and say one funny thing every yeah. few weeks. Like there's no way Retta was considered like a permanent part of that ensemble yeah. right away. It's just like they kept the people who were funny and, you know, yeah. like they gave them more to do. Yeah. 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 So I think I, I think the if you keep each season kind of its own self-contained thing, it's a little easier if you're episodic and it's like it's like a sitcom, even though Parks and Rec did have its longer story arcs and it's season long that's becoming yeah. more common now mm-hmm. um but like you create your little like pockets of story so each season you you wrap up that story and then those relationships with those characters which i think is the some the unique thing tv has is the relationship the audience has with its characters because that's how you're able to create so much content as these characters in the relationship to each other and then you kind of like wrap that up because all your plot stuff is taken care of as the season's go on mm-hmm. I don't know. we'll have to wait and see I mean the episode's out you can watch our review at youtube.com slash might be awesome also at patreon.com slash only stupid answers we have a deep dive with a very special guest don't miss out on that There's it's a full hour long uh, video it's, it's, it's meaty and you're gonna enjoy it but Lon where can people find you uh, on Twitter at L-O-N-S that's where to find me and if you want to subscribe to the newsletter inside.com slash streaming nice uh, DJ yes at DJ Talks Trash every place that matters check out our Game of Thrones finale review I'm very uh, I'm gonna I can almost guarantee now that there will be varying opinions who knows <laughs> I'm at Sam Basher if you want to talk about uh, comic books <laughs> whatever you want to talk about we can talk about anything uh, but also check out our Patreon like I mentioned before patreon.com slash only stupid answers for super TV showdown and our Doom Patrol reviews and a dun- 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 there's a lot of stuff we're making and if you're missing out on it well your life's sadder so uh, make sure you rate and review on iTunes too because that's always nice love you bye bye bye